Hello, welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies that we haven't seen. I'm your host today, my name is Betsy, and with me as always is Trent. That's my name. That is your name and you're always here. Yeah. Today we are doing one more random movie before we wrap up our Oscars season. Uh, We are watching from 2018, A Simple Favor. A Simple Favor. Now neither of us has seen this movie, but Trent, what do you know about it? It's about a couple of ladies. What ladies are these? (laughs) Uh, it would be Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick. I don't know which of them is like getting the lead role here because they're pretty much equal on the poster and mm-hmm. I don't really know what the deal is here. <laughs> so like plot wise, I don't really know. This is your choice here. So So this is one of those movies that I have heard about. I've heard it's pretty good. But it's one of those that's really hard to advertise, as I understand it. Like, what they show in the trailer and what the movie actually is are kind of two different things. So you're saying it bombed. I don't know, because that's the thing. It has a fairly good rating. It's like in the 70s, so it's kind of one of those... Like love it or hate it, kind love of thing. it or hate it, but yeah. airing to the side of we like it. And I know that um, a guy that you admire, Paul Feig, directed this movie. Yes. I don't really, I can't really tell you anything else that he's really done, other than that new um, Ghostbusters movie with all the ladies. I know he did that. But what else have you seen of his? So he also did Bridesmaids. He Bridesmaids, was, He was yeah. one of the guys uh, behind the helm for Freaks and Geeks. Okay. Uh, what else has he done? Uh, he has a newer movie on Netflix right now, uh, The School for Good and Evil. Okay. So that's him. So he does tend to air to comedy. But that's also why, all ladies. Like yes. pretty much all of these movies are all ladies. Strong female leads. Yes. yes. So that's kind of why I'm intrigued by this one because he does have a tendency to do more comedy. But mm-hmm. as I understand it, I don't know that this movie is comedic. I have no idea because I don't know if we've actually sat down and watched a trailer. And if we did, it was way back in when it was new. Certainly not recently. So the thing that I think this movie is about is murder. Murder? I think. Most foul? That's why I kind of chose this one, why I wanted to watch it, because it's one of these movies that I know exists. It's a mystery. That people have said they like. I have heard enough hubbub about it that I'm intrigued. And it's kind of been on our list for a little bit. Yeah. And we figured, well, why not just go and do it now while we're covering some random movies? Sure. It's not going to fit in anywhere else, I think. No, because we don't know what it is. And that's what's genuinely intriguing me about this movie is, is is it comedy? Mm-hmm. Is it murder? Is it drama? Do Or is it a, a mixture of everything? Is it none of those things? I honestly have no idea. The only thing I remember from the trailer is Blake Lively in a tuxedo. Yeah, she's got some fucking power suits going on here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... I don't know what to expect. I'm interested in the dynamic between those two because they're a pairing that I guess makes sense. But I've also not seen Blake Lively in a whole lot of movies. I've never seen I a Blake never, Lively movie. I never watched Gossip Girl. We never nope. watched The Green Lantern. No. <laughs> I know that she and Ryan Reynolds like to give each other shit online. Yeah. <laughs> They're kind of one of those weird, funny, like, sick burn celebrity couples. <laughs> but that's just her as a person. As an actress, no idea. 
I yeah. I can name a bunch of things she's been in, but I haven't seen any. You and I both like Anna Kendrick. We've seen yep. her in a number of movies. Sure. So yeah, I think the the long and short of this intro is we don't know what we're about to see. And even think about the title, A Simple Favor, is like one of them doing a favor for the other one? Is it that's murder? It? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. So we're just going to go do it. We're going to go watch A Simple Favor and we will be right back. was a simple favor. Trent, how do you feel? Boy, that one took a turn. <laughs> I told you this movie is not what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And that that description did not disappoint. This is just like left turn, right turn, left turn, right turn, twist, up, down. And I'm just like, wait, what the fuck is real anymore? <laughs> yeah, my, my opinion coming out of this, it is a slightly less fucked up version of Gone Girl. Oh, definitely. There's absolutely a correlation to Gone Girl in, mm-hmm. in so much that, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Gone Girl, uh, the wife fakes her own death. Yeah. But she's not really dead. Same thing in this movie. And she does a lot more fucked up things. In that movie, In that movie, yeah. (laughs) This one is much less fucked up, but there are a lot more twists, and it's hard to keep track. It definitely is. And it's after that changeover when she, when Stephanie begins to be uh, the detective Mm -hmm. and trying to really dig into this, that's where the movie just completely went into a different direction. And I don't know how I feel about that. You don't necessarily hate it, but you're also not sure you loved it. Yeah, just that change anyway, because here we have this character, Stephanie, who is this like super mom who would just give you her clothes off her back if you needed something. And she's like cutesy and really eager and right. a lot. She's, she's a lot. She's a lot, but she also is introduced of having this kind of kind of fucked up past too well we don't even get that right away no we don't we just see this like cute little mom with her cute little dresses and her very small following on her blog her video blog yep who i mean she doesn't have a job she Mm -hmm. is just living off of the insurance money that she got uh when her husband died Mm -hmm. and yeah later on we find out she's a brother fucker. And it just keeps giving you more and more. Like every time it kind of cracks this open a little wider. Yeah. You learn more about her. You learn more about Emily. It's just like this movie is getting wild. <laughs> uh-huh. And I, I did not know what to expect, obviously, because in the intro, we barely knew anything about it. I'm completely understanding now how it's really difficult to sell this movie yeah. and explain it to people because it starts with one tone. It's really funny. Like the first sure. act, there's a lot of humor. Yeah, Anna Kendrick being her like super mom self. Oh, being Anna Kendrick, yeah. And the opposite of this like power woman power suit woman yes who is just like flaunting everything Mm -hmm. yeah they these two should not mesh but 
they do. It's weird. Well, it's funny because at the beginning, the first thing is her saying, my best friend Emily has been missing for five days. I met her a few weeks ago. It's like, you met your best friend uh-huh. a few weeks ago. And I get that. I mean, being a single mom, it's hard to have any kind of life outside of what you're doing. And her having her, her little vlog, as it was anyway, is... You know, understandable. Just like we have this podcast, we don't have much of a life outside of this thing. You know, we're busy. We have jobs. We have other things. But I get how these two come together in the way that they do. Because, you know, Emily, I mean, doesn't have any friends, clearly. And Stephanie is very much from not her life. But I just don't understand why Emily wants Stephanie in her life. Like, is she just the pawn that she uses to move things around so that she can hatch the scheme? I think it's weirdly that they actually both do need a friend because they're in similar situations where she's this high-powered businesswoman, as it were, who goes into the city to work. She works long hours and she comes home and all she does is drink because she's kind of fucked up and lonely. And then you've got Stephanie, who is mousy and alone, single mom, and all they have is their son's basically sure. but but Emily is a self-professed terrible mother <laughs> sure so she also kind of takes advantage of the situation because right. you know they, there's a joke all the other parents at the at the daycare say oh she's working for her for free and she doesn't know it oh I did I'm glad that you took the nanny job that she was looking for oh no no I'm just helping out yeah she's working no. for her for free <laughs> <laughs> you would have been better off just being the nanny so it's that thing where it kind of starts off that way but some people like that like a challenge. You know people like this where they oh, yeah. they saw you and you were this kind of introverted little guy in their office and they were all just like, no, no, you shall be our friend. And they broke you. It's yeah. kind of that thing. That it kind is. of personality where they're just like, tell me your innermost secrets yeah. and I'm going to crack you open. Yeah, they pl- like she plays a game with Stephanie saying, well, let's do a confessional yeah. saying, I'm going to tell you the, the weirdest thing that the I've darkest done. darkest secrets. Which... What she did was not even a big thing. No. Okay, having a threesome with your husband's teacher's assistant. Okay, fine. You get drunk, you're young, who the fuck cares? Things you, you forget a, You forget about it. Who cares? But what Stephanie admits to is disturbing. Yeah, so we- You are at your fucking father's funeral. Mm-hmm. And this man shows up who you've never seen before. You find out very quickly that is your half-brother. And you fuck him. What? (laughs) And you freely admit that? So here's where the movie leaves you with a lot of questions. Because you almost have to question everything, including, is that story true? Is any of that true? Or, like, we see the flashback, quote-unquote, is that just Emily having this like fantasy in her mind, not a fantasy per se, but like this image in her mind that this is what she did. Because at the beginning of the movie, she is very different from who she is at the end of the movie. Right. When she starts like taking on more of Emily's personality and she starts dressing differently and acting differently and speaking differently. Yeah. It it kind of, by the end of the movie, makes you wonder how much of anything you had laid out before you is actually true. Because like- Sean 
Emily's husband says she was a pathological liar. Sure. And that three-way that she told you about never mm-hmm. happened. Well, then we find out later that, yeah, the TA is like into him. Well, she is like a little touchy-feely, but that doesn't necessarily yeah, there's mean... there's definitely flirting, but maybe yeah. there's a conversation about it. Maybe she suggested it at one point, but whether or not it, it, it ever happened, who cares? But then it just keeps... The lies keep getting like bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, oh, she oh, had yeah. a twin. Just kidding. She was a triplet and they murdered their dad and her si- she murdered her sister. Right. And it's kind of that thing where... Because you've got Stephanie on the other side of this, and we really don't get a whole lot of information about her real background, but she seems quite capable of making this turn very easily. It kind of makes you question if any of that was real. And that was my big hang up on this movie. It is the turn that Stephanie makes from this cutesy little super mom to this investigative person who is cracking the case and getting insurance agents involved and trying to, to foil Emily's plot. It almost seems like she's a lot more opportunistic and we just don't know where she's been or where she's going to go with it. Yeah. And I'm just going to say this before I forget. Uh, This entire arc after the change happens with Stephanie just harkens back to the popularity of real crime podcasts and people out there who are trying to solve cold cases. Especially like podcasters and vloggers. Real people who are very much involved trying to crack cases and like, bring things to the police and whatever else isn't, I I don't know if you've been watching the news lately, but there was a trial going on of some guy, some lawyer in South Carolina who murdered his wife and son. Mm -hmm. And apparently somehow related to these real crime podcasts and people investigating that. It's weird crowdsourced police work now, detective work. Yeah. And I, I do not understand that. And I'm not into that. I don't listen to those kinds of podcasts. I don't care. But I understand it's very popular. It's also just the modern version of putting a kid's face on a milk carton. Back in the day, that was all you could do. You put their face out there, notices out there, and that's how you got word around. You couldn't do more than that. Now you have the internet. Now you have podcasting. Now you have all these people with eyes on it. So like in this movie, Emily disappears and she's kind of picking up Stephanie's picking up breadcrumbs Mm -hmm. like okay she's not she didn't get on a flight to Miami but the police find out she did rent a car and she paid cash and Mm -hmm. so on her vlog she says oh we know she got a car it's a white Kia right and here's the license plate number and we think she might be driving somewhere in a white Kia that's all we know and some woman who was watching her videos said I spotted this really beautiful woman who looked out of place in Michigan and they managed to find the dead body in Michigan who at the time we think is of course Emily and I'm like Emily's not fucking dead this this is too simple (laughs) (laughs) and yeah it just keeps going up and up and up like her son sees her at the playground uh-huh. and they're like, no, Emily, your mommy is dead. But then she, she smells her perfume and finds her bracelet that she made her. And she makes a joke about Diabolique. Have you ever heard of this movie? I have not, but I'm sure you have. <laughs> I've actually seen this movie. I don't doubt I it. I watched it in a film class in college. But there's definitely, if we were to go and watch that movie 
I'm sure there are a lot of comparisons that can be drawn. Sure. This movie is clearly influenced by French filmmaking uh-huh. like the whole like title sequence they yep. play a ton of french music throughout this i think if we went and became students of french cinema especially <laughs> in like the 40s and the 50s we're not going to this movie would be drawing a lot from that sure uh, but yeah, it's just this bizarre thing that keeps building and building. So Emily is not dead, but we don't know where she is. So Stephanie decides to go investigate and she finds out, oh, here's the artist who painted her and her name is actually Claudia, but she's from Michigan and her name is actually Hope. And right. here's her mom who is Jean Smart. <laughs> and there was a fire and it's like, what is right. all of this? All of this just being revealed as if it's nothing. And then we just cut to, hey, here's Emily in this shit motel watching these videos that sh- that Stephanie's putting out. And Stephanie is basically speaking directly right. to Emily at this yeah. point. Like, I found out all about you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if there's any kind of afterlife, but if, if Emily's out there and she's listening to me. Have faith. Have faith. Because that's her sister's name. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I kind of figured that there was going to be some kind of sister thing because when she found the photo, that's not what Emily would ever be photographed as. No, she looked real rough in that picture. Yeah. So I kind of figured there was going to be some kind of duplicitous things going on, but I didn't know it was going to go that far and just turn into a completely different movie. And I, I'm like you where I'm like, did I love this or am I just confused by it? I don't really know. Like, I definitely didn't hate this. Yeah. It just, because the first time through this, it just keeps going in another direction. So we find out that Emily is alive. We've confirmed it. We, the viewer, now see that she's alive. She reveals herself to her husband. Yep. And now Stephanie has taken all of this evidence to the police, to the insurance agents at least, Mm -hmm. to say, oh, well, that $4 million claim, mm, that's kind of suspect now because she's still alive. Right. And Emily was just waiting for the $4 million to just magically appear in their bank account. And then they were going to disappear, I guess, or she was going to disappear. Or maybe that's when she was going to come back and they were going to disappear. Who cares? But but in the interim, of course, Stephanie started fucking her husband. Sure. <laughs> Again, that seemed like that came up very easily, which yeah. makes me question, maybe Stephanie's not as squeaky clean as she likes to tell us she is. Funerals make her horny. They definitely do. <laughs> Seriously. That's really messed up, honey. <laughs> You should maybe see someone for that instead of fucking everyone around you. At a funeral. God damn it. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. It's it's a very... Like, I get people grieving. I understand you're going through a lot of feelings. Everybody grieves in their own way. You do. But maybe don't fuck your friend's husband. (laughs) Yeah. And they say there's like a statistic, like 90% of people whose spouses die end up marrying or hooking up with the best friend. And I believe that. They're trying to be supportive and there. But they just jump right into it. And even before she's dead, they're a little bit touchy-feely. And Stephanie is just in her house. Like, she goes over and basically moves in to Emily's yeah, house. Yeah. She is taking care of her kid and she is making, making dinners, dinners yeah. and taking care of her husband. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, when Emily finally decides, okay, 
She knows what's going on. Let's put all the cards on the table. She and Stephanie meet up in a cemetery where it's her gravestone. And they're just like drinking martinis they're in the middle hash- of the afternoon. They're just hashing out this plan. Well, they're not even hashing out a plan. They're just basically kind of having a tete-a-tete where they're just saying, well, this is what I know. And this is what I know. Sure. And so they're kind of backed into the corner. And then you're right. They do kind of get on each other's side. So this is, again, that weird like twist where... They're against, they're with each other, then they're against each other. Right. And now they're coming back together and it's like, oh, well, we can go get Sean instead. Right. Yeah, they've both been burned by the husband and they're going to go after him and frame him because she can, I guess, put some files on his computer. I, I don't know what that was about. Was I that just the insurance know. thing? I don't know. I have to think that that is the insurance fraud thing that they're trying to plant on him. But then, in the meantime, Stephanie and Sean are also ganging up against Emily. Yeah. And they're trying to, like, get her to confess on film or on audio. Well, and she said that she got the cops to plant the microphones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a lot of this back and forth, like, who is on whose side? Who's good? Who's bad? Yeah. And I'll give you this. It's interesting the whole movie like the first hour i noticed was it kind of felt slow but the second hour there's so many twists and turns that it it flew by it kind of accelerates too quickly i think when the when the change happens and she turns into the detective and is like dressing up as the cleaning lady to go interrogate emily's mother at this house where there's a guy with a shotgun who I don't know what his deal is. And they're clearly like super wealthy because that's like a really big fucking rich person house up on a hill behind a gated fence. Yeah. So there's a lot of details that we really don't get. We're just kind of left to make our own conclusions. Yeah. So there's a lot of like... Emily had money and then didn't have money and now money is really important to her. And there's a big thread of just like insurance and insurance fraud mm-hmm. throughout the entire movie because, you know, Stephanie got her money because of a big life insurance policy that her husband had. And it just it just follows you the rest of the movie. Yeah. So this movie is not confusing yeah. There's just a lot of things to keep track of. It, it yeah, and I I just don't think it is that intricately woven to really be like a brilliant piece of film. It's it didn't not earn it. It's it's a little bit too simple and its resolution isn't earned. I just don't I don't feel like Stephanie her character really earned the position of being this sleuth. You know what I mean? Yeah, she just comes up very clean in the end where she's just like, oh, well, I have a nanny cam on my button and you just confessed to a million people. And six months later, she's this like mega star online. Sure. But she also apparently in the (laughs) postscript, she is solving cases. Like that's like her thing now. She has started an agency to investigate cold cases because apparently this is what you just do. Yeah. You know, single moms who may or may not have fathered a child with her brother because, again, unresolved half-brother. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes me ask a lot of questions. I think this is one of those movies that once you've seen it, okay, sit with it. Now you've seen it. 
go back and watch it again. I feel like this is one you have to see twice to really start picking it apart because yeah. I just, because Emily is such a quantifiable liar mm-hmm. and it seems so easy and the shift is really dramatic for stephanie Mm -hmm. it kind of makes you think maybe stephanie is not as simple as that yeah and i feel like if i were to watch this movie again i might not like it as much because i would be able to poke holes in it that i wouldn't be able to right now like i'm trying to find the holes but like if i were to watch it again yeah i i think i don't know what do you think i think you're either going to poke holes or you're going to close holes. I think right now you're trying to piece it together in your brain because like I said, it's just shift, turn, left, up, And it's down. a lot right at the same time too. And all very quickly in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is a roller coaster of twists and turns yeah. the last like 30 minutes. Yeah. Which is either really good or really bad, which I think is probably why this movie doesn't have, like, a really super high rating. It's kind of a a B. This is, like, a B movie. Yeah, and, like, (laughs) I don't know why this is bothering me, but at the very end, when Emily goes out and she's... She goes outside at the end of the movie and she's pointing the gun at Stephanie, saying, you're not going to be my son's new mom, and she's going to shoot her. Then all of a sudden, the guy from Girls shows up in his his Prius and runs her over in the street. Which, by the way, if you're in a movie and you're standing in the middle of the street and there's something dramatic about to happen, you're going to be hit by a car. Nine times out of ten. That is just how movies work. That's how movies work. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I just don't like that part where he's the savior. Who the fuck is that guy? He's just some friend who has a kid that goes to that school. He's the comic relief who gets one last laugh. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's, oh, I don't like that. I think there's parts of this that I really, really liked. Do I like it as the sum of its parts? I have no idea because I really think this is one I would have to watch a second time to really definitively decide. To solidify if if this is good or bad. Is this rewatchable? Or is this, now that yeah. you know it, yeah. is that just it? I'll say this, though. We haven't gone back to watch Gone Girl. We saw that in the theater. We did. And we haven't seen it again. And that one has stuck with me. I'll be interested to see if this one sticks with me. Yeah. Because they're I, very, they're similar tones. Yep. But they're very different movies. Well, and this one isn't nearly as dark. No. Like, Gone like I Girl said, is this, dark. And this movie's really funny. Like, yes. there are times yes. in the first half where it's really funny and then it starts turning into like is there a fucking ghost like what is happening like there's a sequence where anna kendrick is clearing out the closet because she's got this very fashionable friend who's now dead and she's moving into her house who is much taller than her yes and her clothes will not fit her no so she piles up all the clothes and when she returns to the house they're all back they're all back and there's this kind of like jarring jump scare that right there is never resolved either no she just can't stay away. She's just now fucking with her. Like when she finally just starts calling her. Yeah. Like she just can't let it go because she knows that Stephanie is kind of fucking things up for her because she's poking around and looking for resolution about her friend and trying to figure out what's going on because she couldn't stay away from her son 
Now her yeah. son is saying, mommy's alive. Right. Okay. She has a lot more questions than answers. Speaking of questions, I have one. Okay. Why wouldn't Emily just try to cut Stephanie into the scheme? Clearly the husband already kind of knew, knew about it. To a point. He may not have known all the details, but he knew about it. I I don't know that he did, though. That's, okay. okay. Because, again, there's a lot of questions that I think he's pretty surprised to see let's his say, wife is alive. Let's say he's not involved. Why doesn't she do it? Why doesn't she just say, okay, Stephanie, you got me. Well, she How about, does. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you in on this entire scheme. You can have a million bucks, the the money that I was going to give my sister. You can have that, and you're just going to go go along your merry way. She does, but not until she gets too involved. Like when Stephanie is poking around and she is getting close to figuring her out. Well, she's bringing in the insurance agents yeah, and to try to fuck that and up. And it's fucking it up. Yeah. So she probably could have revealed herself sooner and saved herself a lot of trouble. But because, like I'm saying, I think Stephanie is maybe more of a liar than we're given information to believe. But what's her motivation for doing that? Uh, her, her super hot husband <laughs> that she's now fucking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I don't know. Like, Henry Golding is pretty hot. <laughs> like, Fine. I think it might be as simple as something of that sort. She lives in this beautiful house. She has this husband who's really talented. They click like he's an author. And she says, I read your book. But yeah. maybe she didn't fucking read his book. I don't know. No, Trent. Eh. I have to watch this again. Like I'm saying, I need to analyze how no, I, how much truth Stephanie's actually telling. I totally believe that Stephanie is this genuine mommy blogger. Of, excuse me, vlogger. <laughs> the mommy bloggers came about in like 2005, and they were a fucking force. If you weren't around the internet as much as I was back then, wow. The mommies be everywhere. There were fucking like government inquiries about how much like free stuff that these mommy bloggers were getting from companies in order to secretly promote these products without uh, them being disclosed. Oh, well, that's why so many people now have to do hashtag ads, that hashtag is, sponsored that, posts. That's exactly why. Uh -huh. It's the mommy bloggers that caused that to happen. Because they were getting so much free shit and not saying not we disclosing. got this shit for free. And you are like extolling the virtues of whatever these products Some are. bullshit products. Exactly. And you are being paid a lot of money because your blog is extremely popular. Yeah. So speaking of product placement. Oh boy. Trent, I had to point this out to you. At the beginning of the movie, we're introduced to Emily and Stephanie at the school, at the daycare, and they had decided to have a play date at Emily's house. Because their sons are friends. Yeah, and they're the same age, they're in the same class. Yeah. So Emily just wants someone to drink with, and she pulls a bottle of gin out of the fridge, and it is fucking aviation gin. Who, Trent, owns aviation gin? That would be Blake Lively's husband, what? Ryan Reynolds. Nuh uh Yeah. <laughs> And, and they bring it out a few times in this I am very surprised. There is a shot of her, like, pouring. Not just, like, putting a little bit in a glass. It is, like, gushing out of the bottle. Several seconds. I was surprised that they didn't, like, turn the bottle around to have the label pointing towards the camera. Because every other time, it's pointed towards the they camera. They have it out enough 
that anybody who knows that is gonna notice maybe it would have been too on the nose if it was like that big in the shot (laughs) true so that one i noticed and then i think the uh ninja bullet was the only other product i saw in this movie uh well u-haul is another big one that was very prominent when she's moving in moving so that one is a little more subtle you could have had a generic moving van fair enough i will give you that (laughs) (laughs) but yes that was very like oh my god it's aviation jet jet it's aviation jet yeah (laughs) stop the movie (laughs) right now (laughs) yeah uh one of the things i actually really liked about this movie this movie has a lot of style like blake lively looks amazing good god this entire movie even when she is like dressed down and supposed to be incognito she can't help but being really stylish like she picks up her son from the playground on like a fucking tuesday afternoon in a tuxedo and red leather gloves yep and stilettos like she's wearing fucking louboutins most of this movie (laughs) she looks great i have no argument against that (laughs) good god and then you know at the end of the movie she's basically dressed like a 50s housewife yeah, she kind of takes on the personality of Stephanie. Because, mm-hmm. okay, well, you you like to fuck her? Well, this is me now. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, Stephanie starts dressing more like upscale Emily. like Emily. Like when they meet in the cemetery and she's wearing this yeah. like crazy like choker with a giant flower on it and this yeah. skin-tight floral dress. Well, and she also tries on one of her dresses. Which would well, never fit her. No. Well, you could even see that there's about half a foot dragging on the floor. Yes, Blake Lively is quite a bit taller than Anna Kendrick. <laughs> yeah, Anna Kendrick is uh, very tiny. She is. And then, of course, in that same scene where they're in the cemetery, Blake Lively is, like, shirtless in a tu- yeah, another it's just tuxedo. A, it's just a blazer. She's and, got some kind of little untied, vest or something. Well, there, there's, like, an untied tie around her neck, mm-hmm. and there's, like like straps of fabric that would be covering her if she didn't have the blazer on, I yeah, think. Yeah, something is under there covering her up, but nothing in the middle. Nope. And then a cane with a skull on it. Fucking A. Like, she, <laughs> when she first, like, enters in yeah. this movie, she gets out of a car, and of course it's that thing where you see the shoes first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she's wearing this blue pinstripe suit with this big hat, and she's got her umbrella, and she just looks so out of place picking up her little boy at daycare. At this public school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that is really a thing for you. You as this high-powered businesswoman and your author husband are sending your child to public school. Good on you if that's what if that was your choice. Because it's all a fucking lie, Trent. It is. Because they They're, don't. They, they have a mountain quick. of debt. Yeah. They have a mountain of debt. They don't have money. They like to spend money, but they don't have money. They're not right. making money. Right. And that's how they hatch this whole plan to fake her death and get a four million dollar insurance policy. Yeah. And like that house in Connecticut, that would be a very expensive we house. We bought during the bubble. <laughs> and did you also notice they say the phrase house poor twice in this movie? Emily says it and her mother says it. Did you notice that? Her mother says her it? Her mother says it right at the end when Stephanie is about ready to leave no. and Bruce comes in. Yeah. I didn't catch that. Yeah. They both they they describe themselves as being house poor. Meaning? Meaning you have a really, really nice house, but you cannot afford the upkeep. Mm. 
Got it. So like you can afford the house, you can make the payments on the house, but like if you have like a pool and a garden and a big yard, it's mm-hmm. you cannot maintain you cannot maintain it. It just falls to shit. It's a facade. Yeah. Yeah, I think there is a lot going on in this movie that I really need to start looking into and reading more about. I feel like there's probably more here than I'm giving credit to. Yeah, th- I'm sure there is. But at first glance, like, as soon as the change happens with Stephanie, like, I got a little lost. Like, where the hell is she? Why is she here? Who is this woman? Why do you think that this is her mom? Like, I don't think they connected the dots as well as they think they did. You needed a little more detail. Like, how did she get that list of names? And how does she get all the phone numbers? Is she just Googling phone numbers? Right. Is she looking in this area for the names? I don't know. <laughs> and like, where does she get the idea to pose as like the camp administrator? She's like a prospective parent is what she is. Well, even th- that was before, like when she calls the mother. Oh, okay. She's Again, posing as this that is other why person. I'm saying all this lying seems to come very easily to somebody who's supposedly not a liar. But then she's in the house cleaning the bathtub and she's looking up at Jesus on the wall <laughs> saying, it's not lying. I'm actually cleaning. If I'm actually cleaning. <laughs> I, ju- I just don't understand her. Like I'm saying, I think if you were to watch this again or read more about it, I think that Stephanie is more complicated than yeah. you're maybe picking up the first I th- viewing. I-, I definitely need to like look at the, the trivia about this movie to see mm-hmm. what we maybe missed. But I will say, when we got this movie, it came with some extras, and apparently there is an alternate like ending Interesting. But it's not what you think. Of course it's the not. The <laughs> alternate ending is a fucking dance number. Oh, Lord almighty. A dance number with singing. What? Yes. No. <laughs> yes. They filmed it and the studio wouldn't, wouldn't let Paul Feig do it. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to show you this after yeah, we're done. Yeah, I'm definitely going to need to see that. And I would like to, I hope they roll into it. Like, here's where we were and where we would have cut to a da- uh-huh. an elaborate dance sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. Well, is there anything else about this movie you wanted to bring up before we start wrapping this up? I do like when they were showing her videos, her vlog. And near the bottom of the screen, they had the subscriber count, Mm -hmm. much like YouTube does. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. She started off with only 673 followers when we first started the movie. Mm -hmm. She ended up with a million by the end in six months. Because her vlog basically goes from being... I'm a happy little housewife who makes friendship bracelets too. I'm going to solve this murder and bake cookies. But she still does it. That's the thing. (laughs) What a weird concept for a show. Like I'm going to do housewife things. Right. But also solve crimes. And also in like in that postscript, they said, oh, it's going to be picked up by this distributor and it's going to be like a morning show, like a daily morning show with Stephanie and her vegetables <laughs> yeah. obviously trend uh no but that's that's pretty much all i had uh, to say about this one i don't know if i am ever gonna watch this one again maybe a long long time in the future i th- 
honestly, I just want to go and watch Gone Girl again because it's been <laughs> since it, since that movie came out that I've seen it. So. It makes you want to rewatch that one because you know yes. you liked that one. Yeah. That was, I think I like the dark nature of it rather than the almost whimsical way this movie ends. And I think this, you have to give to the influence of French filmmaking. Like that is genuinely where I draw that, that comparison. Like it's okay. just kind of a weirder way to end it because it's more stylistic to that type of movie. Fair enough. But anyway, well, I think that's going to be it for this one. We do have an email today, so we're going to go to that. Uh, This one came in from Mike about Knives Out. So this is not actually a movie that we watched the first one. We did cover the second one. Uh, So he said, hello, friends. Longtime listener, first time emailer. The wife and I recently discovered the Knives Out series. We watched the first one like a week ago and we liked it. Notice that the second one was on Netflix, so we spent Valentine's Day watching the second. I feel like both movies casted the parts very well. The twists are very fun in these movies. I listened to the Glass Onion pod and was reminded about Looper and Brick. Yep. Brick is such a good movie done in a similar style-ish as the Knives Out movies. Hope you would do this on the pod from Mike. Hey, thanks, Mike. Uh, I absolutely plan on doing both those movies. We haven't seen either of either of them, Looper or Brick. Well, I've seen Brick. I've been trying oh, to have. get you to watch Brick for a while. I have never heard you say the word you Brick. You are such a liar. I have I, definitely okay, told fine. you Okay, fine. I don't remember it anyway. But yes. Looper has been on our list forever. They're both Ryan Johnson movies. I saw Brick in college. Somebody recommended it to me. Okay. And yes, it is a Ryan Johnson movie. I didn't know until much later it was, and neither did I know that he made Looper. Until pretty recently. But now that we've seen some of his other things and we are interested in the way his little mind works, (laughs) it's kind of filling in those gaps. So yeah, I haven't seen Looper, but I have seen Brick. Okay, fine. Anyway, I definitely want to watch Looper and we definitely have it in the works for an upcoming series we're going to do sometime this year. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but it will be covered this year. I promise you. I don't know about Brick because it's not a movie that I think I've ever seen on any kind of streaming services. It comes and goes. It's a little bit harder to find because once you get over about 15 years old, if you weren't a smash hit, yeah. who the hell knows where your movie is going to end up? Yeah. But there's a lot of free services like the Tubies and the Freebies. Pluto. Where there is so much random stuff. I heard of a movie... I don't even know how I found out about this. The other day I was looking at Robert De Niro's IMDb profile and there was this movie that he did like pre-Godfather Part 2 where his career had not really taken off and it just looked like this bizarro movie and it's actually streaming right now on one of those services and I'm like, yeah. how the fuck has this movie seen the light it's, of day? It's <laughs> probably just one of these things where when these services go to the studios and say, hey, what do you got? They will What's go to left the, over? They will go to them and just say, okay, you can lease, let's say. I mean, they're, they're not buying these movies. You can license the rights to stream this block of movies. Like, they go back after they've digitized all of these movies. You can say, okay, here's this giant block of however many thousands or hundreds of movies that they have in their catalog. You can have these for this much money. If you want more it's going to cost this much money. If you and, want the primo shit. <laughs> and the primo shit goes to these bigger yeah. uh, streaming services that actually cost money. But these Plutos and Tubies and all these other places that are free, quote unquote, you just have to watch ads. 
And if the ad market is is doing well, then they're doing well. Fair so, enough. Yeah, the, those services are the weirdest ones to just kind of scroll through. Do it sometime if you haven't yet, because, yeah, there's some stuff on there that you've probably not even thought about for like 30 years or you've just genuinely never heard of it like yeah i'd have to go back and check but this was i think a movie called like hello mom or something really stupid like that (laughs) and yet it's available it's like how and yet i can't get something like wag the dog which i wanted you to see yeah so some of these movies like brick they just in this era of streaming it's hit and miss once in a while it's available and you got to watch it while it's available by the way uh, I think it's just because it is now March, but Wag the Dog is on a service. I added is it. Is it seriously? I added it to our queue. Oh, nice. I don't remember which one. Because genuinely, I was looking that up a few weeks ago, uh-huh. and it was not available. It is now. Well, shit. I guess we're going to have to watch Wag the Dog sooner rather oh, than later. Eventually. <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to be it for this episode, dear listeners. We would love to hear from you. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can email us, neverseenitpod at gmail. Tell us what you think about A Simple Favor or maybe you like Gone Girl or any of these other twisty turny type of movies. Or any Paul Feig movie. Or or Ryan Ryan Johnson Johnson movie. (laughs) Tell us what you think about those or just really anything. Ask us a question. We love to hear what you're watching and what you'd like us to watch next. So send us an email. You can also reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those places. We're pretty active, so we're easy to get a hold of. Yep. You can also support the show by clicking the link in the podcast description on Anchor and throwing us a buck and we can bring you more of those movies so we don't have to sit through freebie ads. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But that's going to be it for this one. We do have one more episode for our Oscar series. We have Women Talking coming out this week. As we mentioned in our last episode, uh, that one's a little bit hard to come by. So the episode's going to be just a little bit late. Yes, if you would like to follow along with that one, Women Talking will be available on Amazon Prime Wednesday the 8th, and the episode will come out Thursday the 9th. We're going to so turn it around it's, quick. It's a, it a, it's a pretty quick turnaround for, for me, anyway. Uh, but... I hope that you understand why we're doing it this way. And then next Sunday, we are going to have our Oscars special. Hell yeah. So if you have watched all of those movies for the Best Picture nominees, or if you haven't, we try to keep it spoiler free and we just give out our rankings of what we liked and what we didn't like and where we think it should end up. Just kind of another discussion about the other nominations that uh, are not Best Picture. Indeed. Just kind of all things Oscars. So that's going to be it. And then... Who knows? We'll do some more stuff after that. Yeah, we're going to kind of fill out the rest of March with uh, some random movies here. But like I said before, April is all booked up. We know what we're doing in April. (laughs) Every single episode is spoken for. It's going to be fun. (laughs) So in the meantime, this has been another episode of Never Seen It. I am Betsy. And I am Trent. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.